Basic witches. Basic witches. I mean, we're witches. Basically. Hey there, witches. I'm Leah Knauer. And I'm Rachel LaForest. Welcome back to your favorite witchy podcast, Basic Witches. Or we're hoping it's your favorite. Uh, We won't ask. (laughs) Um, We are doing another giveaway from our sponsor, Witchy Baby Soap. Um, Witch Baby Soap. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So be sure to check our Insta at Basic Witches Pod. Um, We'll be doing a social media giveaway. It's going to be some scrubs and oils and another bath bomb. And their stuff is amazing. So you're going to love it. It. it smells amazing. Yes. yes. Um, today we have an amazing guest. Stephanie Mickus. She's a dope writer. Or Micus. Fuck. Damn. Uh, I always forget. Sorry, Steph. <laughs> we love you so much, yeah. though. Yeah, she's um, so dope. I want a sleeve so bad. And she I has feel like two she is like, tattoos. yeah, she's in my head who I want to be. And like, she's blonde goddess with yes. like hardcore. Yeah, she's Yes, dope. but then with all these tats, oh, even onto the hands, she has knuckle tats. And it's yeah. like, but then she's this sweet, like, so spiritual cool. witch queen goddess. Yeah. Um, she wrote Hope Springs Eternal, mm-hmm. which you can watch on Netflix. It's great. It's very much like Love Simon vibe. Or like Fault in Our Stars, A Walk yeah. to Remember. Yeah, and you'll um, hear a little bit about it on the pod too, but um, definitely, definitely worth a watch um, after you listen, of course. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we don't have much else to say. Just really enjoy this episode with Stephanie Minkus. Okay, because Rachel was, just to dive right in, Rachel was mm. talking in the car about how she's sick and how, like, she hates, mm. I'll let you take it. Will you tell, yeah, yeah you tell so, I'm like. really into people that want to tell me how they're sick. <laughs> oh, yes, girl, I will tell you. Okay. okay, so, I mean, it, it all kind of makes sense because I pushed myself very hard. And kind of like how people get sick after finals week in college usually. Yeah. It's like push, 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 and your body knows to hold it off until that moment. Well, I literally, like, pushed myself for a month and a half doing this show and getting like three hours of sleep every night and staving it off. Then it all led up to my birthday party, which was a great celebration. And then literally like went to bed from the birthday party and woke up with the flu. It was like, okay, it's time now. Yeah. Um, but then being sick, I've had to call out of like four performances that I really wanted to be at other jobs, gigs, stuff. And my fucking self-worth went through the floor like I have been just beating myself up all week like literally my mind is saying I'm worthless I'm like everyone thinks I'm weak I'm letting everyone down um I'm dumb like just the meanest things because I'm sick and and like believing that yeah. oh no I mean I hear you I, I've had Crohn's since I was 11 yeah and it's a chronic autoimmune disease mm-hmm. and you get you get flares which knock you out and make you isolate for like weeks on end but mm. also just in general you your health is kind of compromised yeah you need to it's you get really tired yeah. you need to really there's a lot of medical stuff you need to do on your own and like a lot of phone calls you also just mm. get you just get really tired and really sick mm. and you isolate and I'm probably stressed too. And you get really stressed, and when yeah. you get stressed, it like exasperates the disease. Mm-hmm. And um, exactly, it really does affect your self worth. Like, yeah, I feel like a garbage monster person. When yes, I'm it's really hard not to. I agree, yeah. but Leah was saying she doesn't get like that, and I'm like, tell me yeah. how. Well, I don't get very sick very often. So I think mm. that's what it is. Like yeah. people that grew up not getting sick, yeah. like to them, sick is like they get a cold. Yeah, it's like fun for me. I feel like it's a retreat. Like, I kind of get to relax. Yeah. Yeah. See, and then I'm like, I don't even, I could make it a retreat like you do, but Mm I can't even enjoy it. I can't enjoy the time off because I'm so miserable and I'm so Mm -hmm. thinking, like, thinking of all the things I wish I could be doing. Mm -hmm. And then this particular time, it kind of came to a head. Like, I was sobbing when I had to, because... I had to call out of all those things. Then I thought I was getting better, so I started working again and, like, getting shit done. And then I took another turn, and it surprised me, and I had to call out again from, like, the next days of those gigs. And it felt like the end of the world to me. And I felt like those people must hate me for calling out again. Like, it felt so dramatic. the exact same way. Yes. And then that kind of brought it to a head because... I was like, I am sobbing over this, but like, why am I thinking, why am I, why am I judging myself for these people? Like, they're probably Mm -hmm. not judging me. I'm judging me for them. And then I told her that, unprompted, that literally last night everyone was thanking her for not being there because we made more tips. (laughs) 
got split. Yeah, yeah. It got so split we got by more. less people because I wasn't there. So they actually liked that I wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. No offense. People yeah, are no. never as hard on taken. you as you are on yourself. They, yeah. Never, yeah. they never judge you the same way that you judge yourself. Yeah. That's what I asked they Rachel. I was like, are you, you know. do you think other people are weak when they're and sick? No, and she said, not no. at all. No, I'm only like this to myself. But that's how it is. Like, you know, some therapists are like, what would you say to your best friend if she was in this situation? And you'd be so nice. Yep. And then you're like, well, what would I say to myself? And you're just like cursing yourself. Yes. I think it's psychologically just pretty normal. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to relate to someone else who feels that way. Well, what I realized with it coming to a head was I am equating productivity to self-worth. Welcome to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, mean? I know, right? That's and, crazy, and though. the masculine society we live in. Yes. Go, 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 go. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. I, I don't have a good self-esteem or good self-worth when I... I'm not producing. When I've been sick for a little while. Yeah. Or I'm slowing down to manage my Crohn's because I really, I have this idea that everyone else is doing so much more mm-hmm. than me already. So then when I drop mm-hmm. down to almost nothing, if people could really see what my life was like, I'd be like, they would literally like call me a monster and dro- like push me out of town with torches. Like they, mm. I'm not human. No, no one, speaking no one exactly. could be as disgusting and as horrible and as lazy as me. Yes. It, it would be physically impossible. But it's not your fault. I but also I learned what I learned this year. Yeah, I didn't well. know I didn't know I had an ego. I didn't know what an ego was. I mean, I'd heard the id, the ego, the super mm-hmm. ego. But to me, ego was hyper-masculine and was, like, something that was an, an inflated sense of self in a mm-hmm. positive way. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's egotistical because he, he thinks, thinks so highly of himself, mm-hmm. right? But I didn't know until my therapist and I did a lot of work this year <laughs> that, like, an ego is also a super self-deprecating, <sighs> down-on-yourself person yeah. that thinks that... Because basically you're saying, like, my pain is... Greater than greater, yours. my disgusting. Everything about my bad stuff is no one could understand. It's really wow. separatist, and it's it's really actually mm. the same thing as an ego, and it's just as harmful to yourself. And That's other a people. great point. Yeah, I didn't know that. but yeah, yes, I have like an incredibly large ego. <laughs> Apparently, I do how too. How gross I am Shit. and how sick I am. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's really hard. Yeah, especially as a woman with a chronic mm-hmm. illness yes. or a woman with. I mean, mm-hmm. it's to me, it's like yeah, a whole different thing than what yeah. men experience. I think. Yep. 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 Well, I'm trying to, now that I shed some light on that, because that must have been a belief of mine for so many years, and I didn't realize it until this sickness. I really didn't fully call it out until, like, this week. Interesting. Yeah. That I, because I was, I don't know, I just saw it so clearly, like, I pinpointed that what was making me so upset was my value, my Mm self-value, that I felt was zero or less than zero because I could not do. Mm. Yeah. So, but and health, that's masculine. Yeah. But your health is your number one priority. If you don't I have know. that, so you're not alive. Says that. Well, it's but. true. Because <laughs> no, what do you have? What do you have more than that? If you're you not healthy, like we're only as maybe not alive. And if you're not right. alive, like we are no, in you're, these you're bodies, totally you know, like yeah. the, this is a limp. This is our limitation, essentially. Like our consciousness is in these bodies and these bodies yeah. can only do so much they come and with, we have to take yeah. care of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm feeling that. Yeah. I also this ever. year figured out maybe like where it came from. Where? My, mm. So my dad is a malignant narcissist. He has the same personality disorder as Donald Trump. <sighs> and just wow. mad, I mean, Donald Trump. And my dad, it was just like he, so. It's like I'm right, I'm great, I'm. He damn. thought he was right and great. I mean, he probably wanted a son, but he had me, and then he had a girl with Crohn's. And mm. my limitations were real, but from a very early age, I was taught they're, they're not, your fault. They're your fault. They're not real. You're suck exaggerating. It suck it up. Fuck. So he had this really high idea of what his children would be like, and so he didn't have a very good relationship with me mm. being sick or me not performing correctly. Wow. So I have such intense shame. I remember like being on the ground yeah. in pain mm. and didn't want to go to a softball game, and he'd be like, "Buck up!" and like take me to the backyard and like throw a soft like oh. ball at me for like an hour and be like, Damn. "You're fine." Mm. So I just have this. I don't even have a good relationship with my brain. Like I'm like, yeah. Am I am I mm. fake? And it's like, no. Kind like gaslighting. Could I do more? And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe, and, but just relax, Stephanie. <laughs> like, Literally, you're repeating yeah. exactly what I just told Leah in the car. I was like telling Leah, Rachel, Rach. slow down. <laughs> like because just, mine yeah. comes from my parents too. Because they never slow down. Literally, even still, they will not slow down. And I criticize them and lecture them on like, you need to relax. You need to take care of yourselves. You're working too hard. And then here I am doing the same thing. 
it's and it's good to realize that and mm-hmm. I've tried to stop mm-hmm. it because it's just as exhausting to other people if you're that hyper masculine guy that thinks he can do everything yeah. and if you're that girl that mm-hmm. is like berating herself for, for not, not doing, doing everything that, that yep. is probably it's just as off-putting and unbecoming and <laughs> shitty and yeah. I'm like the queen of it mm. so are you doing better with it now when you do have times where you need to rest or I want to say yes because that sounds like super Uh, (laughs) self-actualized I'm doing it I'm here (laughs) it's a I mean it's a it's still a a struggle it's always a battle I don't even want to say day by day it's like a Mm. quarter of a day by quarter Mm. of a day right my therapist told me to sometimes divide my days into quarters because Mm. I'm so forward thinking that if I like wake up and I don't do all the self-care hiking or whatever I want to do then I just like just it's done for the rest of the day, and I can try yeah. again in the morning. So she's like, why don't we divide your days into four? I think <laughs> like that sometimes. I'm like, oh, it's already 2 o'clock. My ba- day's basically done. Yeah. I shouldn't do anything now, right? So no, it's like a it's a struggle. Yeah. Well, at yeah. least now I have some light on it, and I'm like mm-hmm. talking about it out loud to friends and all of you listeners. <laughs> so now I'm accountable yeah, um, that I do need to go easier and slow down more. Yeah. Ooh, you know, since I've been drinking so much throat coat tea throughout this, <laughs> it has all those like quotes on the t- the little tea thing. Yeah. One of them was very fitting. It said, um, "Nature does not rush, yet everything gets done." Mm. Yeah, I love that. S- along those lines. Yeah. But like that really hit home because I was like, "Ooh, this sickness has been and needs to be a reminder that." everything will happen in its own time because that's really where my urgency comes from is time anxiety well and your your body too is a part of nature it's human nature your body condition so that's true your body is my body's sickness it's it's mm -hmm. gonna get better it's just not gonna be immediate exactly Yeah. yeah and then same for like projects or career goals they're gonna get done Mm -hmm. i can lower the urgency a little yeah i mean it, it's it's hard enough for anyone to do it this town it, yeah it, it makes it. you think that it's, yeah that you need to have everything in order right now mm-hmm. and be so successful and social media yeah, like I was watching say, everyone else's lives yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. humans weren't meant to exist in la with social media <laughs> it's, it's yeah. not yeah it, it's physically unhealthy yeah yeah it's, it's unnatural like down and be like i'll get mine like it's yeah. you're so because you're told yeah it's just really yeah it's really challenging we have an epidemic of busyness. I do know that. Mm-hmm. Our country especially and just like the masculinized most of the world slash western world. Mm-hmm. We have such an epidemic of busyness. Like I don't think we're meant to be this our our productivity level is very high, but maybe that's not good, you know? Well, but rent is very expensive and jobs don't pay enough. <laughs> that's true. So, like, no, that's so that, true. It's it broken. It doesn't help our society. Yeah. Now. Yes. But <sighs> What are we going to do about that, you guys? Uh, <laughs> try to enjoy our lives. Mm-hmm. I know that's, yeah. that's really my mandate now is yeah. to like yeah. actually try to live in the moment, be happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I suffer from that thing where I'm never happy. And then when I finally get something where not only am I like, okay, Stephanie, this is a thing. You should enjoy this. Everyone around me is like, okay, take it in. Like, you should enjoy mm-hmm. this. We're at the premiere of your movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't feel it. I don't feel <sighs> good. I kind of feel bad, but I definitely don't feel good. I've already... It's called hedonic adaption. It just means that the second something happens, even if it was a long-term goal, it does not physically feel... Feel real? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel... Because you put your happiness on that future thing. The thing thing that doesn't exist. When I get this, I will be happy. Mm. So there's these moments, and then your body and your brain (gasps) just kind of... Disconnect. It puts it in... You just get used to it so quickly that you're like, what's next? You physically can't. Damn. How do you, and how do you stop that? How do you prevent that? I don't know. I read a book about it, and then I, <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about it. <laughs> I read, like, Dan Harris's book, 10% Happier. Okay. Because he was, like, an on-air talent at ABC mm. journalist, and he... He felt that, like, no matter what he was doing. Mm. Oh, wow. I mean, you just you just have to... you got to, like, confront it, talk about it, mm-hmm. call it what Acknowledge it is. It. Don't give it power. Really yeah. try to find grounding you know in your body techniques to but mm-hmm. I mean and yeah. you said hedonic attachment hedonic adaptation adaptation like, like you're so your brain like adapts mm. to all of the if a lot of goodness is happening yeah. or none for a while and then some you just you're not you're not as happy as everyone around you thinks 
You should. You should be. Can everyone experience this, or is this like a diagnosis? Okay. No, no, no. Well, because they always say LA is full of hedonists. So, like, that's another thing that's fucking fitting to the situation we're in here. Oh yeah, people craving attention and adrenaline and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what social media is. You think, like, mm-hmm. validation, something likes. will make you happy, you really need it, and then you post something, you get a lot of likes, and you... <sighs> or you don't get you don't, enough. And, and then you delete it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we can't win. We can't feel yeah. good either way. But I still think... The poison is I still think the people that really have the fame and really have it together and really get, like, millions of followers, that they're actually happy. So when Wait, I get there... Do but you, oh, you still believe that I that's true? That that's I don't true. think that's true. I think their pressure probably gets worse unless they, as people, learn themselves to deal with to this. Do, to do this and work. And learn to yeah. maybe not care. Like, once you get to that level, I feel like you kind of have to embrace every day. It's like, I'm grateful it. to be here. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. And, like, achieve all that I have. At least I hope that. Yeah. I mean, I think, like... As we know, it's all mindset. That's why we're going to therapy. That's mm-hmm. why we're doing this podcast. That's yeah. why I meditate and do yoga. And like, it's it's it. We are capable of achieving that, but it's yeah. hard. Yeah, it's yeah. a challenge. Really but but it's so crazy. The moments when you do tap in, like I'm sure you guys have yeah. both had that. When you tap into that sense of relief, where mm-hmm. you're like, kind of your higher self or your yeah. zoomed out self mm-hmm. that can see like. Oh, it's all fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, none of this really matters. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky to have a house. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'm here. I'm alive. Yep. Yeah. Have you had moments of that? I mean, I definitely have had ones that have come out of the blue, and then I've talked about it with uh, friends and therapists. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why probably all of us write, like, gratitude lists in the morning. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, I really try to, like, when I wake up in the morning and look at my big living room, like, really try to, like, take it in. Mm -hmm. My therapist has me, when I have these feelings, like, to write them down, and I put them in a jar. Yeah. So if I ever really need them, I can be like, oh, remember that feeling you had when you actually took this thing in for a second? Yeah, yeah. So I do, I definitely try to do it, but it's definitely a practice. It is a practice. It doesn't come naturally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it so much easier for humans to get on a roll with the negative? Then don't you I feel think it's easier to believe than the positive? Why? I, I, because it's a sense of protection. It's like I know I do this with uh, with things in my life where I'm like, oh, if I see a bad thing coming, then I'm not surprised when it comes, and then I can just accept it. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do. Because I'm always waiting Which for the other good. shoe to drop. So I prepare myself. That, right. Yeah. I prepare myself. And then you're in a negative expectation mindset, which then perpetuates everything to be kind of expecting everything to be negative. Yeah. I used to think I did. It was self-protection. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm really smart. I'm really analytical. I'm preparing myself <gasps> for all mm-hmm. of this stuff, trying to not make it be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But eventually... But, but yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, we just get stuck in like negative. I think I read something about negative feedback loops and how it's genuinely like a a neurological thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. So our positive feedback loops, but it's for me, or I don't know, I think for most people it's like, as our as a society, we're we're used to practicing the negative feedback loop yeah. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because we see so much shit around us and we take that as evidence, and mm. so it's harder to. I don't know. It's harder to, or I guess like our news and everything, everything perpetuates the negative. Well, I think humans naturally um, believe bad things about themselves because of the society we're in. So then when we hear bad things about ourselves, like, like, oh, I think that, therefore that's uh, affirming that, yes, I am a shitty person. Oh, that person thinks I am ugly. I am ugly. They're Mm, right. Versus like, if you have a million people tell you you're pretty, you're like, oh, you're just saying that. I know. I, I mean, I had to learn. We literally <laughs> right. practice this year, like practice taking compliments because uh-huh. it should be offensive Hard. to the person if you roll your eyes, right? Uh-huh. Or you really, especially with like a romantic partner, if you really can't believe that they like your body when you're naked, like, and mm. you're gonna put that on that, it's mm-hmm. like yeah. you got more work to do, Stephanie. Yeah. Like that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's so much negativity and shittiness out there because people are really hurt and broken. Mm-hmm. So it should we just keep doing it over and over again yeah because hurt people some, hurt people there's a divide there's people that appear really happy and great on social media or on television and mm-hmm. people are like mad at that because they know they don't have that but mm-hmm. i think everyone you can does, have that it's like everyone yeah. See, is that pretty too. broken and life's really messier than it looks from a distance yeah and if we all just admitted that yeah we wouldn't be so mad at everyone yes else. yeah you know what i think it does come down to is like in admitting and being more public about 
how we're Reflux. always in flux. Yeah. How we have happy times and sad mm-hmm. times. And they some, can coexist. Yes. Yeah. And like how we're always changing. And and just to to let I hope that our society will start to let feelings and emotions matter more mm. instead of being which comes down to starting, the feminine. There's yeah. a push. I mean, there, there is, is. That's yeah. happen. Yeah. There is a to push. It, but it'd be really helpful if every single human, not just like a couple pop stars, yeah. were like I get anxiety too. Yes. Like, I want to know yeah. what everyone's like hips look like. I don't want mm. I don't want everything yeah. on Instagram to be I don't want it just to just be a couple people being like, yeah. This is my real body. I just want it would really shift mm. the way we thought if everything was actually as it appears. Yeah, yeah. And, really and valued instead of like trying to shape it or push shame. Aside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really, yeah, it's really, we yeah. put ourselves into a really shitty predicament. Toxic. In yeah. Yes. How much longer can this exist? Uh huh. But you're right. It's, it, it's starting to. Yeah. 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 Because I just think if we, if we do start to value and understand the feminine, which like, our society is just like just starting to like knock on the door of mm-hmm. yeah. um that will heal so much yeah because all all that other stuff is is masculine to just be like cut and dry and this is the way and do 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 yeah um achieve 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 like we were saying on mm-hmm. another episode um and if we could learn more about this feminine like and just accept that we're it's uh, to me it's a lot about change I've been thinking about that this Mm. week because I was thinking like whoa this is so insane five days ago I was fine and now I'm like puking in in the hospital Mm. that's how quickly life can change life is not consistent for Mm. anyone but but we product like we make ourselves a product and a brand that should seem consistent and no no (laughs) we are not consistent as humans we need to be allowed to change even when your life seems to be complete you have like the house the husband the Mm -hmm. kids all of it like something else will happen you know like there could be a house fire someone could randomly die (laughs) you you get a divorce like you never know where life is gonna lead you and like that is ooh yeah what which reminds me of your movie yeah oh yeah yes. can we talk all <laughs> we can I have mixed oh I have mixed feelings about my of course you're an artist you're an totally. artist and you're yes, a writer of course you do movie. yeah well we love but it should we Thank be like non spoilery or can we just talk about it openly I mean. It's her movie well, is Hope Springs people, Eternal on Netflix. In case it's really good. See it. If they read the log line under mm-hmm. the Netflix description, it'll be spoiled. I mean, okay, I don't okay. Think, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's fine. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I think that was the whole. I think it's just in the premise. Is just yeah. It's not. It's like a reverse cancer movie. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not mm-hmm. like girl gets cancer, gets cured at the end, and is great, or girl dies. It's mm-hmm. like girl has cancer it's her identity she really feels it it's all she knows she gets cured and she like it's like the worst thing that could have happened to her she doesn't Mm. know what to do with the news she doesn't because that's change and that's like uncomfortable yeah she Mm -hmm. doesn't want to be better she only Mm -hmm. knows how to be sick she's really scared yeah like i mean it was based on my experience growing up with crohn's i had really bad crohn's in the 90s when there was almost no medicine yeah. I was surgery Oof. after surgery in, had a Ugh. feeding tube. Oof. I was literally a dream come true, which is like a make-a-wish kid. Like, I had wow. my, like, final wish. I got, like, my last rites from the priest. Whoa. What was your wish? Oh, God. Um, I was, okay, keep in mind, I was super religious. <laughs> <laughs> in the late 90s. She is sitting you, in front of us tatted up uh, so gorgeous like <laughs> just like skirt to my shin bones did you go to like a creed concert or what no it's probably worse um <laughs> oh, no. i really didn't want to die maybe so i maybe. and i was raised really religious with saints and the whole miracle and virgin mary and i asked to go to lords france where there's this like fountain that um mary the virgin mary had appeared appeared to saint bernadette and that's uh, pretty cool uh, actually made the fountain into holy water and like cured her from this like oh Wait. Illness. This is dope, though. And I, so there's fountains there, and it's like a pilgrimage for people that are dying or people mm-hmm. that have chronic illnesses. And you go, and there's a statue, and you pray and light candles, and you Whoa. tap the water out of the fountain. And if you drink it or pour it on your body or take a bath in it, it's supposed to cure you. And I was, we literally grew up watching saint movies like car, as cartoons in mm-hmm. school, and we had this intimate relationship with God and Mary and what they'll do for people that are deserving. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go do that. And I did it. Wow. I wonder if that's not how why, it? but like partly why uh, you're cured, I mean, you know? Yeah. How do you, what do you believe about what happened? 
Uh, I mean, I guess when you say it like that, it's really hard to like shit on it. But yeah, yeah, because it kind of worked, didn't it? You're here. Yeah. It did work. Like I am alive, like yeah. 20 years later. But wow. I mean, no. I mean, I'm like a mega atheist. At this okay, point. okay. I think that the Catholic Church particularly has done way more harm than yeah. going the entire planet. Yeah. Preaching um, to the choir here, yeah. But also. Just, you know, it's the same thing I kind of do today, like put a wish out, a manifestation yeah. to the universe, yeah. say like, this is what I would want. And I mm-hmm. took a step and I did it with such openness. And mm-hmm. like, so I think that, which I didn't know was what I was doing, but I think how that old were you at this time? I was 14. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then how long after that did things turn for the better? Like, I mean, uh, like Four or five years. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So you still, still had a journey. struggle. It yeah. Was still a struggle. But I did. I mean, mm-hmm. I literally I got healthy enough to move away to a four year college, which and so I think I and so then know. relating to the movie yeah. that w- what was the change and how did that affect your look on life like? So the movie is like a PG, you know, thirteen year old version of this, but mm-hmm. the adult version is when I got healthy, I was like my whole life had been tied up in. Religion. Dealing with my mom, mm. dealing with being sick, mm. always being at home. Plans weren't an option. Boyfriends weren't an option. Mm. Nothing was really an option. I was literally like tied to a feeling too. Yeah. Just kind of sick and on opiates. Damn. And mm. so I didn't wow. really, when I started to get better, I literally developed like a low key case of like Munchausen where I was like. Oh. You thought you were sick still? Munchausen or? is when you like intentionally make or keep yourself sick. Mm. So I was mm-hmm. like, I like, mm-hmm. when I started to get a little better, it was like medicine down the drain like I don't want to get better I'm confused Whoa. I hate the world I had a chip on my shoulder wow. totally. I was just really precocious and shitty wow. and mad at the world and I didn't really Understand believe yeah. yeah I didn't believe I could get better enough I didn't think it could be good enough so yeah. I was like why even bother yeah um and then eventually I kind of grew up grew out of it you know in early college like everything's it's cool to be sad and emo, and it's mm. cool to be depressed, and everything's romantic and glorified. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. angsty. And yeah, like, and when pe- you realize, like, this isn't a performance, no one's watching you. Right. You have I to don't sit- need to be miserable. You have to sit yeah. with yourself. People will like me. So. It's yeah. okay to, like, develop an actual personality. Ah, uh, okay. Um, that was when I started being like, okay, like, I want to get as far away from the sickness mm. as possible. I want to be as close to normal or I know you shouldn't say that but yeah, 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 yeah. so that so that was basically what I used for my personal life to put into this uh 16 year old girl hope okay like, the cool. idea that she's dying she's not dying but she mm-hmm. basically like she doesn't you know, she just kind of like lies to everyone for most of the movie yeah. she really she actually says she's getting worse like she's mm-hmm. just very confused because she's gotten all of her friends yeah. her boyfriend her mom her attention her identity from mm-hmm. cancer so mm-hmm. she really is just really confused yeah yeah um, I totally related with it too, even as someone not having a terminal illness, just like the idea of pity. Pity can be so comfortable. Attention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think I used to do that a lot, especially when it came to dating. I would like, I would enjoy when people would feel bad for me that I, you know, that I like (laughs) don't have a boyfriend. Other Other people. Yeah. No. (laughs) No, but like, because that was validation and attention. And then I, I, this is years ago, but. I still sometimes do it. Yeah. Um, but I eventually learned like what you said, like, oh, I don't have to be miserable. I can just like mm-hmm. date someone and yeah, I don't know. What no, I know say? what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, to me, it seemed like she was using the death sentence as a way to live, basically. Mm-hmm. Like that was her. That. Yeah. The comfort of knowing that that's how I related to it. It was like she seemed like okay, well, I already know the destination, so I don't have to give a fuck. And it made life easier for her. Yeah. And, like, I think we we do that sometimes. Uh, even if it's, like, even if it's knowing something essentially negative or sad, it's comforting to just n- think we know. Mm. Yeah. But really, she didn't know anyway. She was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, then she got the new diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, when you were talking about that Munchausen thing, I just remembered something that happened to me in seventh grade. I, um... I was getting a ride from a friend and getting into the car. It was her big sister driving, and she started driving before I was all the way in, so the the back tire ran up onto my ankle. Ooh, like my, my, I wasn't fully in Where the did car. Where you up? <laughs> Ohio. Okay, okay. Wait, okay. why does that? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. No, continue. I get it. Now. That makes so much sense. People don't give a fuck there. They'll run you over. No. Um, <laughs> So I just I was actually fine. I just bruised the bone, but I had to be on crutches for a while. And it was like, 
in seventh grade, which is the first time, at least in my school system, where you're having all these different periods of classes and like mm. um, switching, cla- switching yeah. around. Yeah. And so yeah. I got to get out early from classes oh. and like get in late and all this special attention. Mm. And I grew up youngest of eight in a Catholic family. So no attention. Um, So I really fucking milked those crutches. I'm just remembering. I remember staying on those crutches as long as possible. Like, definitely longer than I needed to. I have to leave early, teacher. (laughs) Is she in a porn? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Always. Well, I'm I'm a Scorpio. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I definitely milked it. There's a scene in the movie where her friend who's sicker than her basically Mm -hmm. is just so sweet about it and mm. never ask for anything and there's a scene in the very beginning of the movie where she's talking to her friend Sarah and she's mm-hmm. like I don't know what you're talking about I like attention but it's not like I milk it and a nurse comes over with yeah. like an overwhelming oh. handful of like crackers and stuff and just like throws it on her yeah um so I definitely did that I definitely yeah. remember that mm. being a good thing about it but also like I yeah. was really little I was really pale oh. I had like a feeding tube coming out of my nose Damn. I was like flat chested I was on steroids so I had like a really round face like mm. I looked like a little like rabbit so oh. there were I think that I used that as fuel to be like so I deserve whatever mm. good thing mm. I can get out of it but mm. there was definitely yeah. a lot of a lot of bad stuff like it wasn't yeah. like everyone loved me and I was like the cool right. yeah yeah kid. it was yeah. like a <laughs> Yeah, it was girl. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty bad. It was oh, not good. Oh, damn. damn. Yeah. 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 I guess it's like a fine line between self-pity and self-love sometimes because yeah. you do need to be giving yourself that, like... The break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I definitely not, walked that line for right. most of my life, <laughs> which is now as an adult, like, I own... I'm, you know, pretty much you are your... I'm by myself as a single woman in L.A. I mean, I yeah. have friends, mm-hmm. but I'm ultimately so just responsible for myself. Mm -hmm, So it makes mm -hmm. no sense to go for pity or really exaggerate things because it's just me. So I'm very honest. I check in with myself. Mm -hmm. If I need something, I'll ask for it. I don't ask for help if I don't need it. Mm -hmm. I I really try to not like be dramatic or heighten Mm -hmm. what's going on because it's just, it's, it's no good for me. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I've been learning to ask for help mm. since. It's hard. Yeah. Like the fir- the big push for it for me was, woo, guys, we haven't heard about this in a while, but Rachel's breakup. <laughs> uh, no, we really haven't heard about this in a while. Yeah, it's been like two episodes. So- <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was, I was in an eight-year relationship that ended like a year and a half ago and, yeah, or no, bad. like just over a year ago. And um, that was the first, that was a really good the good thing that came out of it was I started directly asking for help for like the first time ever. Yeah. Cause I've always been too, like a little too independent. So yeah. did you not ask him for help with things? You did. Oh, right? uh, no, <laughs> no. I mean, we split everything down the middle. It was like independent people together. Like, like, because yeah. I've been very staunchly independent. Mm. Um, yeah. For bad reasons, basically. Yeah, I hear you. It's reasons being too time. hard on myself, but yeah, but being mm-hmm. comfortable with that. Um, and that was really scary and uncomfortable, but since I kind of broke through that, it's been it's been nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's learning how to ask, ask people. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. cool. It's powerful because you know mm-hmm. you won't abuse it. You really just, mm-hmm. if you're really genuine and you only yes. ask for help when you want to. Exactly. And when you, you need, need it. it. Yes. And you help people back just exactly. as much. Yeah. I really can only mm-hmm. handle, at this point in my life, balanced relationships, be it friendships yeah. or not. I yeah. can't yeah. handle anything that gives me that energy of like, you're of like too, I owe you're you. You're too or, freely giving me yeah. things. Yeah. This feels mm. uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I, I, and in order to do that, I st- had to start recognizing that everything isn't isn't um, one for one. There's mm-hmm. different levels of exchange and yeah. different levels of currency even. Like yeah. money is yeah. not the only Emotional currency. currency. Yes. Yeah. And like giving other things value that I give to people. Like being a good listener is valuable to mm-hmm. friends or to people yeah. I'm in relationships with and stuff. That's been cool. Yeah. 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 No, that's real. That is really cool. Yeah. An eight-year relationship. Jeez, I met that in like know. a year and a half. That's when I, ta- that's when I really tap out or I tap out. I wonder if I'll like ever. I wonder if that'll be the longest relationship of my life. Oh, that's a long time. I mean, I don't know what you want, but if you want yeah. more, I hope not. Because yeah, I mean, I always oh. wanted to get married and then spend like my entire. I want to be like married for like fifty years. Aww. I genuinely do. I mean, Aww. 
yeah. Some people, I mean, maybe what after that's, 50 yeah. get a divorce or hope they die? I mean, I'm 32. <laughs> will I not be dead? Oh my God, you look like I you're mean, 25. I don't have a boyfriend and I'm 32. I will be but dead. But that would only 50. make you 80. That's not. No, that's that. young yeah. nowadays. Especially for women. Women outlive men. Yeah. I yeah. know. I mean, my grandmother lived till that's like 91. That's why I date 91. older. <laughs> no. Your grandma lived till 91? Yeah, but my grandfather died. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I'll... Okay, I'll aim for like 65 years. (laughs) (laughs) You guys feel better about that now? Yes, thank you. (laughs) I want to make sure we have this in order before we're done today. I I used to think I would die at 30. Like, I was a very morbid kid. Well, that's true. Your life expectancy literally has changed. I just genuinely thought... My mom's like, your Crohn's is going to be fine. You're not going to die at 30. And I was like obsessed with like every... You know, singer or anybody that died young. Mm, yeah. It wasn't even the Crohn's. I was just like, no, mom. Even if Crohn's is cured tomorrow, like I'm still gonna die. Yeah. Like I was very yeah. like the whole rock star 27 thing. Yeah. I'm so glad I just turned 28, and yeah. I was like, whoo, made, made it, and I'm not a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> I had a very Says weird who? idea. Like I was just like, I don't see myself being. Old. You, you saw yourself dying young and beautiful. Really, and I've heard a bunch of people beautiful. say that. But I mean, I genuinely no, totally. thought that for a very long time with no basis. Whoa. What was the age that you were told? Were you told an age that you? Oh no, because it's not. Okay. It's not a terminal illness. It's a okay. chronic illness with systemic ramifications that mm, okay. that certain, could for complicate. some people can just really. Yeah. You know, because like lupus can kill you, like MS can kill you, but they're not. They're not terminal illnesses they're not totally. deadly illnesses mm-hmm. but you yeah. die from like the complications of right yeah. the whole thing so no they weren't yeah yeah so you mentioned therapy and hiking what else do you do for self-care um ugh. <laughs> do you do a lot I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. so do I. Us too yeah it's like my whole fucking I mean, life I'm a writer, so I'm like writing from home like um so I basically have a lot of time to fill I really mm-hmm. I do therapy I mean I used to do it like two, three times a week when I really needed it. Whoa. That's, I want that. <laughs> that I could use that. <laughs> but now, and now I do no, it once. I do it every Thursday morning. Um, I try to exercise, try to mm. hike. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good for Crohn's and for, like, mm. mental, you know, chemicals yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Because that's gut, right? Crohn's is all your gut. All is, your yeah. Which yeah. is really to also tied to your brain. To, every, to emotion, makes, to hormones. Your gut's the only thing in your body that makes serotonin. Or it makes, like, 95% of your Whoa. serotonin. Yeah. yeah. Do your do gut and what you eat. Um, I used to. It got me in like a lot of trouble. When you're mm. when you have Crohn's, you have like oh. you're missing a lot of intestines. Okay. So they st- periodically right. strip away everything I take, including vitamins, Ooh. and do a lot of blood tests to see. I don't absorb things. I, it's mm-hmm. it's like okay. it's like being a like a chemist all the time. Like you're constantly wow. having to like figure, figure out, what out works with your body yeah. and stuff. Wow. I do for self. I mean, I do I do like infrared saunas. I get mm. vitamin mm. shots. I do massages. I. I try everything. I literally got a visceral organ manipulation Wait, at a Ayurvedic what is spa that? called Veda in West Hollywood. Wait, I know that place. Yeah, it's really great. I saw Sarah I Island from Modern Family. Oh, like, I know her. I went to high school with her. about it, and I was like, and she's had, like, yeah. she had a transplant, mm. and I was like, okay, let's do this. Something, it's so weird. I'm really mm. hippy-dippy and into energy these days, and mm. something about mm. when I saw that, I was like, Oh, I think, and I know that kind of walks a fine line with being like a hypochondriac, but I'm no. chill about it. I have the time. I have yeah. the money. Yeah. I'm like, I think my organs are like sticking together and I think it's really hindering my chi or whatever. And uh-huh. so I went to this place <laughs> and all the words, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's Ayurvedic and they used to, they use lots of oils, but it's this woman. Oh my God. Can I tell you? I had the most yes. beautiful experience. So I've had gurus, healers and hands-on therapy before. Mm-hmm. I'm very I was very used to this, but I wasn't expecting it from this particular place in West Hollywood. But, mm. but it was this woman, this Middle Eastern woman who really, like, she takes your pulse, she looks at your tongue. That's very Ayurvedic. Mm-hmm, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, she you don't really tell her much. I told her I had Crohn's, and that mm. was it. And she did, like, a massage of my temples. She, like, looked at all of my muscles and organs and, like, asked me what hurt more. And then she was just, like, manipulating all my organs, trying to get them, like, separated and really, wow. like, balanced. And at some point, she was touching something in my intestines and was just like, something happened to you when you were 14. So I'm so used to this happening, but I wasn't expecting it. And I go, yeah. And I'm thinking like, that was the age I had the crazy surgery. That was the age I was a make a wish kid. That was the age my dad left. Like that was the whole thing. And and I was like, yeah. And she (sighs) goes, okay. And she just keeps moving (gasps) stuff. And um, I wasn't holding back emotion. I really was like, oh, whatever. I'm so used to it. I was so jaded at the time. And she was just like, okay. And then I guess she had felt that I was holding back. And she goes, 
it's okay, don't hold back. And I was like, all right, Landon, whatever. I immediately started bawling. Just immediately started bawling. Kept bawling, kept bawling, kept bawling. And in like a really thick accent, she goes, cry, my dear, cry. And I I just cried and cried and cried and cried. And she like hugged me and like gave me a kiss on the cheek. It was so sweet. See, we need this. That's that's touch therapy. Like we absolutely, I know it. Store emotion and trauma physically. We do. We do. It's in molecules. I've talked about this before, but like they've studied it on stress. I'm excited for when they study it on more emotions, so we can show people that this is real and that we need this release. And that's that tied into so much. And I'm sure she was essentially. Um, what is it called? It's called, uh, not actualizing, but, um, not appreciating, but it's something to the trauma, like see when Mm. you shine light on it, essentially when you, uh, presencing, presencing the trauma, she -hmm. was touching it and presencing it and you have to do that to release it. Making it real. Yes. When you process it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you call it out and acknowledge it, um, it can release and it's stored potential energy. So for you, it came out as crying and it can come out in so many ways there's a lot of that to do with sexuality too and stuff yeah um i also know the exact age that's what blows my mind that's Mm -hmm. like crazy I mean, I don't she must know. be in she's touch. Just, just one yeah. of those yeah. like old. I mean, just one of those like very intuitive. Yeah. Uh, so when I say I do therapy, mm-hmm. I used to do like traditional LA, like drive to Beverly Hills, sit across <laughs> from a psychoanalyst, and yeah. you know, uh-huh. and just really. And I, I hate, I loved it. It taught me a lot, but it taught me, it got me to a place where I knew where everything came from, mm-hmm. but I was still doing it. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, it wasn't practical. Yeah. So I found, I got recommended to this new type of therapy. So when I say go to therapy, my yeah. therapy is like really weird and intense. What do you what go is to? It? It's called Radical Aliveness Core Energetics. Whoa. Ooh. Okay. Um, which I think started in Canada. Wait. Yeah. Well, that's a bad acronym. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, it started in Canada and it's about, it's therapy and it's talk therapy, but it's also about getting in touch with your body, getting energy mm-hmm. out, having physical experiences that give you a feeling that you can then tap into later. Mm-hmm. Did you do EDMR with this? I haven't, but okay. I'm very I do, into, I do EDMR sometimes with EDMR. my therapist. Yeah. I don't what is my, that? The rapid eye movement, like you think about a traumatic experience, you kind of like move your eyes a lot. It like does it rewire so your brain? Sort of. So you're holding these tappers that like buzz in your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah. It like buzz in one hand, buzz in the other, and it like just keeps you conscious and aware yeah. of your body yeah. kind of like Stimulated. when you're meditating you think about your toes and like yeah. then you move up your body it's kind of just keeping you present in your body and then you close your eyes yeah you relive you tell your therapist about a, a traumatic thing and then you rewrite that experience by being like okay now I'm going to put myself in the mind of that 12 year old and give myself the love that I needed at that time uh-huh. and then like yeah I start bawling and I'm like I like can't even handle the overwhelming feeling of goodness because I'm like oh my god that's what I should have felt and it's basically like giving it to yourself now yeah so that's like that's what I kind of do in this thing it's a it's a soundproof room there's a couch you can I really try to go in and like give her the summary she's known me for a year now I give her the summary and then I'm like what do you want to do and she has like ideas like it's very Mm -hmm. much like improv there's a there's a cube (laughs) and a tennis racket and she can guide you to like looking her in the eye speaking your truth hitting Whoa. it there's Whoa. there's boxing gloves and she has a pad you can do that oh this sounds fun there's like a yeah. there's like a gymnasium pad on the ground like last week i literally the practice was like get on the ground hit your hands and feet like you're a two-year-old like have a temper tantrum like scream no yeah. and she was and she yes. plays. like she'll talk to me like that one ex talk to me and be like no wow. don't do that stop doing that stephanie that's insane and me being like no and like you really <gasps> you work stuff out like that the best role play she ever did with me was like i had been in an abusive relationship and it was the first time ever since my dad it was the first romantic relationship mm. i'd been in that was emotionally abusive and so it caught me very off guard as mm. a in my 30s that this Mm -hmm. is happening it was very surreal and I was very hard on myself for how I let that happen Mm -hmm. and how long Mm -hmm. I stayed before I got out so she did this exercise where she put like a line on the floor and was just like she didn't tell me what she was doing it's the best thing I've ever paid for in my entire life yeah she walks up to me she's like hey she starts flirting with me and she's like hey do you want to do you want to maybe like I don't know do you want to just like walk the line and I'm like okay I didn't know what was happening so I started walking the line and she's like oh you're really good at that. Like you walk the line like better than anyone I've ever seen. Like keep walking. So she keeps doing it and stuff. She's really building me up. And Mm. then I, on my own, just kind of stumble. And she's just like, don't do that. And I'm just like, 
yeah, yeah, sorry, it was obviously an accident, whatever. And then I keep walking, and then, and now I'm all in my head, so then I make a turn, and it's not perfect, and she's just like, didn't I tell you to stop, like, and so she basically just starts, like, abusing me to the point, and we just keep going and keep going, and she sees, like, how long ago, and she really, like, asked me at the end, like, to clock, like, how did you feel, like, and it gives you this experience where I was finally able to be like, well, you were so sweet and so nice, and I... (laughs) <laughs> obviously I was gonna keep I was gonna start walking like why not this is perfect this is what life's about and uh-huh. then I fell and I I so obviously knew this wasn't staged like I I just happened to fall like it obviously was not my malintention and you were so mean about it and that gave me a red yeah. flag but I was like oh I'll give you another chance and, oh. and she it was so she gives me like once a month gives me the most mind-blowing like wow. physical experience she also has like a table she does like energy work with like pitchforks and essential oils and there's a lot of like crying it out and like making yeah. noise and it's really I mean it's been a full year and yeah. it's really See, so cool. uh, I think really therapy needs more that than, physical it, it needs to get into the body yeah that's so important it really taught it's yeah. really been I mean it's literally like every week when I see her I hug her and I'm like I Aww. feel so lucky that I get to come here because yeah. every time I leave and I like it's helped me. Mm. It's the only thing that's ever taught me about my ego and mm. learning boundaries. I'm literally learning <sighs> boundaries. I didn't know I didn't have them. Uh-huh. I thought they were like super rigid, like, oh, the girl with her walls up. I didn't know like boundaries are like a good thing that keep everyone <laughs> yes, safe. Yeah, like everyone yes, should have yes, boundaries. Say, yes. like, kids need rules because otherwise they don't know. Like, you, yeah, we need ba- we need boundaries. And boundaries <laughs> don't have to be like a big thing where you call someone out on how shitty they were and then you like part ways. Like, you're supposed yeah. to do it early and just be like, oh, and just this good. is what I, really I need, like and yeah. I'm gonna make sure I get what yeah. I need. It's That's like, a boundary. Yeah, owning yourself and having so much self respect and self worth yes. that you're willing, you know what you want, and you're not willing to compromise. Yes. I also just did. There's this thing. It's just I found it online. It's um, this woman. I forget her name, but it's called Free and Native. Yes, I, I heard did, about this. You oh, told, I told me about, you about it. it. Yeah. So. Um, my friend Stevie told me mm-hmm. to do it and I did I did this thing called Unblocked Partnerships and it was a seven day program mm. you did a lot of meditation a lot of lists about like your ideal partner a lot of meditations and experiences around like your childhood and mm. who, who you had to model things off of and where you are with your self-worth and whatever and then you write a manifest list of everything you want mm-hmm. and then you figure out all the reasons why you think you can't get it and then you learn mm. language the two languages you learn are expanders so it's like looking for people that have all those things and surrounding yourself with people that have that positive experience. So yeah. they're not bringing you down. Like, you know, you can have it, whether it be yeah. couples in your life or whatever. It gives good examples, basically. Yeah. And and surround yourself. To view everything else that comes into your life that might be close to your list, but just isn't or mm-hmm. just doesn't feel right. Yeah. It's like a test. And like you literally are supposed to be like. I'm sorry, and you're like supposed to walk away like the second, you know, which That's is my, the which hard is my part. I did yeah. it. I did it once since I took the seminar, and it was really, it was challenging. But I, mm-hmm. I, I walked away, and now I'm like about to do it again. Uh oh, um, do you need like, to do it, Stephanie? Oh really, shit! Yeah, I realized this. last night I needed to do it. Wait, with the same guy, you're gonna do it again? Or I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. That would be, no, it's a different person. <laughs> okay, okay. Because you're supposed to, like, go on, like, I'm on date five, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know, you know? And if you, and, and so you the need to walk you away. you don't know, you're supposed to walk away. Because yeah. that's mm-hmm. what happens. Like, I fell mm-hmm. in love. I had two big long-term relationships in L.A., mm-hmm. and I fell in love, and so did they. Like, they fell in love really quickly. Mm-hmm. Within a month, like, we're madly in love. And you get enmeshed, Uh-oh. and... <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> that sounded judgy. Um, no, 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 no. It was about myself. It was about myself. Okay. Yeah. So I fall madly in love. And I don't pick the bad guys other than this one <laughs> stint, which is, mm. t- I picked like, I mean, I think you, you, you know who the guys are, but yeah. I picked these, I these beautiful long-term relationships with guys that were really sweet and nice and had kids or whatever. It wasn't mm-hmm. like there were no red flags. It was really beautiful. But I also like have a fear of abandonment and mm-hmm. definitely once I get used to something, the idea of having it not there is mm. so overwhelming. I yeah. cannot maintain boundaries. So if I realize like, oh, this isn't right, I should leave because I want kids or, oh, I should leave mm. because you don't stick up for right. the boundary. Then. I, I can't because when I stick up for that boundary, if I have that conversation, that's it. Mm-hmm. Whoever I've You been know with, that that's it. Who I've been yeah. with for the last six months, it's just my whole life is just different. Yep. And so I, I, I can have boundaries if like someone I don't really know like pushes a weird boundary in online dating or on Twitter yeah. or in a meeting. Like I'm like, I'll be like, no, here's mm-hmm. why you don't say that. Mm-hmm. But when it's like your most intimate when partner. When you're enmeshed, like I'm you said, ready. yeah. So I had to, mm-hmm. so after this abusive relationship, I really 
I've been full on single since February, and I really took the time to, like, feel my loneliness, mm. be alone, and really be like, what am I missing in my life? Oh, maybe I had too many romantic relationships that were too serious, and I neglected my friendships. How do mm. I build the exact life I want? How do I invite the friends in that I want? Cool. How do I divide my time and really focus on writing? What do I need? And mm. I really took the time to just... And it was shitty at times. I was like, I got to the point where I was, for the first time in my life, that single woman that was just like, oh, I'm single, and, and I've done a lot of work, and now, now I kind of want to be able to invite someone in. My mm. life was like turned into like sex in the city this summer, because I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> where are you? Yeah. And then I was yeah. just constantly, I'd never experienced like actual like dating. That's my that's life. That's Leah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I know you do, but I've never, I always like fell in love, had a year and a half. I in wish. LA. I had two I, boyfriends for a year and a yeah. half each. I never mm. had that it's experience. good to have the time and to feel it that, though. so bad it for most of the summer. It was like, oh, I got ghosted. Welcome oh, to I, my life. Oh, I got ghosted. Oh, I got ghosted Yeah, again. You're literally, oh, yeah. This yep, person, like, dating it was, is garbage. It was such a... Oh, this person was lying the entire time was, and manipulating me. It was so many insane situations yeah. and that I'd never that experienced before. That shit is real. Before. And I was like, oh, no, is this just what it was like while I was taken? And all my friends yes. were like... Yeah. Yes. And yep, I was like, girl. Oh, oh God. Oh, I hate this. What do yeah. I do? And I yep. still resisted the pressure to couple up. Like I still am. I have the most firm boundaries imaginable mm. now. Good. Like good. That's gonna lead to some to like that list you made, the manifest yeah. list. Mm-hmm. That's gonna lead to finding that person, yeah. right? I'm really into manifestation I think so. now. Oh hell yeah. Are you guys yeah. really into? Yes. Oh, what are yeah. your? Yeah, I need some advice. Like, what's what's your idea of what manifestation um, is in general? I. Well, I think it's different for everyone, but I find that for me personally, I manifest most often in Shavasana, like in yoga at the end. It's so strange. Like with my manager, I've had so many times where I go to yoga, I have a vision and then I check my phone and my manager called me about a certain thing, followed up about the exact thing I was thinking about, or like I got offered a job. It's just so crazy. And I think it's when my, my brain just stills and I see... I think subconsciously it's my brain seeing the truth mm-hmm. in things like, oh, yeah, I would be perfect for that. And then it just, like, aligns because what oh, you believe like you that. receive, I yeah. think. Yeah. And for me, I, so my form of therapy is working with a coach. So more along the lines of, like, the energy release and stuff yeah. like you were talking about. Um, and she gets me really into my body with things and out of my head. Yeah. Um, also did a lot of hugging my five-year-old self mm. <laughs> through, yeah. like, visualization. Yeah. But um, – For me, the strongest manifestation is when I can speak it, write it, and get into my body with it Mm. in an actual feeling. So, like, if I can visualize and tap into a feeling of excitement about something or whatever the feeling is of that thing I want, like, say it was um, booking a really awesome acting role or something – when I actually fucking feel that excitement, mm. basically through imagination, yeah, because it's not real yet, mm-hmm. then it comes in so quickly. If I can feel it in my body, yeah. it just draws it, it in. Feels real, yes, and then you're and acting then it, like and that. And then it's like that brain body connection, like and fake like it till you make it. Yeah, yeah or like yeah. Um, believe it, and you'll for see the it. First couple years in LA, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I, I totally, yeah. I totally. That's like all what I'm all about right now. Yeah. What do you do? What and are you trying to And getting specific right too. Getting oh, and talking in the present with a friend. Like mm-hmm. we've done this where we're like, we're going to Paris. We're like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. we have so much fun in Paris. Our outfits are amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, and like guy that I fucked on the top of the yes. Eiffel Tower. Oh my He's god. so hot. <laughs> and how we how we met him when we were eating crepes. Oh my god. Like getting was, really specific yeah. and talking in the present tense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. So that your body literally starts to feel crazy. it. <laughs> no, but but, but. That, but then you start to actually feel it, and yeah. that's what draws it in. Yeah. What about you? Oh God, that's really complicated. I don't know. I I'm really new. I mean, I'm really new to the manifestation thing. Really? But I just yeah. I mean, it's been it's been less than a year of trying oh, to do okay. it. But I think I Have think you it's, read the secret. No. Or just watch the documentary. I need to... Really? Yes. Or just watch it. I think I'm weird about that particular brand of, like, Oprah, Middle America. Is it it I swear by it, it changed my life in high school, and I've Do you have a vision board? No. Because I can't do... I can't do that. You don't have to do all the things, and actually, I don't... Yeah, find what works for you. Yeah. I don't know if a vision board is exactly in the secret. It sounds like you do... You write down your manifestations, it sounds like. The secret is just about law of attraction, so, like attracts like saying what yeah. you want in the present 
intense as if you already have it. Yeah. I think right now my manifestation exists in, I wrote down like what I want in a partner. I wrote down my list of things I want. With, that are mostly like career, you know, yeah. like the top of yeah. my list is like, I want an EGOT. And then I really, mm. I do just like think about it. I think about it in when I fall asleep. I think about it. Like yeah. when I, I wake up in the morning, like lucid dreams. Like I really just try to imagine a world in which you I, already have like, it. And I mm. self-talk and I'm like, there's no reason I can't win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no reason I can't win an Emmy. I really, yes. I think it's just right now it's tied. It's like a baby version of it. It's tied into my self-worth and my self-esteem. Yep. It's being practical <sighs> yeah. and kind, but like, and not egotistical, but just quiet confidence in yeah. realizing, like, there's no nothing that can stop me except for myself in this bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. This self-talk that I have, mm-hmm. you know? I'm I'm just checking myself, like, really, like, not walking around the house saying bad things about myself. The second I get in my car yeah. after a meeting or a date, not being like, mm-hmm. not, I just, I was yeah. so mean to myself yeah. out loud. I was creating this energy, and I just think I'm finally, like, dismantling Good. that and, um... And yeah, just really believing that I can get these things and then acting accordingly has been super helpful. I'm also, I've just been so close to getting most of these things for so long. It gets really tiring and you're kind of like, am I, is this, is this possible? Am I being ridiculous? I think that's very LA specific Getting close can make you doubt yourself so much more. I've been close to everything I wanted so many times. But that's just affirming that you're on the the path. Yes. Yeah. It really is. Like, yeah. getting close is a good thing. It means yeah. it's a long game here. Like, right. you're, yeah. getting close means you're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's you're amazing. Right. Yeah. And I think everyone in my life is in the industry and in L.A. And my managers are so good. There's, like, a certain way you have to – they even know that that's kind of what people need. They'll couch yeah. everything. Like, it's like a writer's mm-hmm. call. They'll couch it by complimenting the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, getting to work. And then they compliment the shit out of you yeah. again. Because it's, like – Because you need that. I need yeah. to be remi- – I'm so so mm-hmm. skeptical that I'm on the right track or that something's okay. Oh, yeah, My no, manager is so much nicer to me as an artist than I am to me as an artist. Yeah. And it's so helpful. Like, I'll tell him when I feel bad, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you've no reason to feel like you're doing all the things. Yeah. You're great. And I'm just like, oh, okay, if you think this... I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to remind myself, like, people believe in you. You're talented. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're doing all the right things. Check yourself if you're not and be yeah. honest and do more. Yeah. Don't, like, get lazy. Yes. Totally. Expect things. But, but yeah, yeah, affirmations are, like, basically the key to manifestation. So saying those I am statements mm-hmm. um, in the present tense and finding a way to believe them and practice them every day until they become real. And if you, this is a good tip for anyone getting into this. If you can't believe it yet, if you're one of those people that's like, I can't just say I love myself. I don't really, you just keep backing it up to mm-hmm. a stage where you do believe. So if you can't say, I love mm-hmm. myself, you say, I'm willing to love yeah. myself. Oh. That's really funny. My mm-hmm. friend Stevie also has like a pocket. She makes yes, pocket yeah. mantras. Yeah. So I got them like a year ago and I didn't look at them. And now it reminded <laughs> me of that. Cause okay. So so now I like every, not every morning, but every time I'm ready for a new one, I mm. shuffle the deck. I, I take one. I really hope the first one's something that I'm ready to do. And if yeah. it is, I tape it to my kitchen yes. wall. Yes, cool. So it's like I return to myself or mm. I am worthy. So if it's something I really think I can handle, I tape it up and I remember it for the week and I keep just going about my business. And the yes. second I have an experience where I'm like, oh, that happened because ah. I acted on that and I finally yeah. believed that, and then I'm ready for a new one. That's but I do allow cool. myself this the rule I allow myself is if I'm not quite ready, I get two tries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, we do that. And then our memory card got full. So <laughs> for some reason, the universe just wanted us to do a little outro for you guys and sum up the secondary reading, which you didn't get to hear because it didn't get recorded, but mm-hmm. we did pull Isis, <laughs> or maybe we'll just call her Isis um, yeah, to avoid or that. Sis for yeah, sure. Sis, um, for Stephanie's love life, which was so spot on. It's all about past lives, which um, we interpreted as those past relationship blocks that she's working on releasing. And it, it really hit home, and she's actually going to go get a past life uh, soul regression reading done. Yeah, and, and we definitely update want us. a follow up on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a bummer we lost the end, but it was meant to be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll just um, sum up for you guys the basic blessing, which was that we, we were basically all happy to have each other mm-hmm. and thankful for that strong female energy today. Mm-hmm. And Stephanie is going to go on and also um, take that strength to 
cut this person out of her life that is no longer serving her. So yay, go Steph. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yep. Yep. And that's it. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.